particularly for our first year students and some of our second year students, this is probably going to be the first election that they've been able to vote in, which I think is super exciting. And regardless of the outcome, it's going to be historic. I really hope that students will turn out to vote. Um, we know that on our campus, about 73% of our students register to vote, but only 41% voted in the last presidential election. Welcome to episode two of Deeks and Democracy. I'm sitting down with two Wake Forest staff members in the Office of Civic and Community Engagement. Deb Mark is the Assistant Director of Advocacy for Social Justice and Education for the office, and Marianne Majuka is the Executive Director, as well as the Assistant Dean of Students. The two are co-directors of the Deeks Decide Fellowship Program, a highly collaborative campus-wide political engagement project, which intends to raise awareness about issues at stake in elections and help register students, faculty, and staff to vote. Welcome. Thanks for having us. <laughs> of course. Happy to have you. When did the Deeks Decide program start? So Deeks Decide has been on our campus for about a year. Um, we were active in the 2018 um, midterms. Obviously, this is our first presidential kind of general election. Um, but Deeks Decide Fellows program is about a year old. Who decided to start this program and how did that come about? So Deeks Decide um, started um, because uh, electoral engagement and having nonpartisan electoral engagement, particularly on a college campus, is super important. Um, there's a lot of research that shows when um, young people vote, um, those patterns uh, follow them throughout their life. And the converse is also true. So if they're not engaged and they're not voting, um, they won't vote when they get older either. Um, the fellows program came about um, last year, uh, just thinking of different ways that folks can get involved and recognizing that that peer-to-peer -peer interaction is super crucial and super important. I can say things all day long, but I also know that things mean more when they come from people that I know, people that I care about, my friends. Um, so I thought that having a program where students are connecting with students and kind of taking charge and ownership over what it looks like to get their peers involved in the electoral process um, would just be a really great way um, to hopefully get people to turn out to vote. So what are your individual roles in the program? Well, I am so lucky to work with Deb. I think we work collaboratively to set an agenda for Deeks to Decide. So Deeks Decide itself is a highly collaborative campus-wide um, election engagement project, and it involves faculty and staff and administrators and students from really all offices across campus. Uh, we are always looking to engage with people who are interested in the election and in um, promoting both voter registration and turnout and also education on our campus. And so, um, you know, we work across campus, I think Deb and I kind of take different aspects of the program um, and advance that, but we work together pretty much on um, most, most facets. Deb directs the fellows program though. 
shifting towards that, what do the fellows do on a daily basis to participate in the program? Yeah, so they've had a lot of different opportunities to engage. So when we think back to spring and the primaries, <laughs> feels like such a long time ago, um, they really did a lot of work around getting information out about Super Tuesday. Um, they helped with driving students to the polls during early voting. On election day, they drove some folks. They also hosted a poll results and pizza party so people could come together to learn more about um, who was going to be our nominee and working towards that space um, and just sort of fielding any questions over the summer. Um, and when we had to pivot into a virtual environment, um, students had the opportunity to engage on three different projects. So working on developing voter education materials. So they've worked on developing a voter guide specific to Winston-Salem um, and Forsyth County in North Carolina, because once you register to vote, in North Carolina. It's really important to know what's happening across the state because we have a lot of really exciting and important races happening. Um, we've had students develop a survey that is currently out. So if students want to take that, um, it's to learn about um, voting behaviors, interests um, for college students across the state of North Carolina. And then also working with an organization called Every Vote Counts to develop um, sort of a tool guide for students who don't have something like Deeks Decide at their um, college campus so that they can sort of figure out how to do electoral engagement work, um, whether that is working with administrators, working with other student orgs, how to reach out to candidates. Um, and right now we're really doing a big push around voter registration. So we've been hosting a lot of voter registration drives, um, just making sure that people know what they need to do. Um, and how they can turn out for early voting, which is coming up pretty soon. Um, and also getting the word out about our new polling location, which is right across um, campus at the First Assembly Church. So literally people can walk, which is super exciting. Um, and so that's a lot of what they've been doing right now. That is all really exciting and very cool to learn about. Do you guys feel like in terms of developing the voter guide for Winston-Salem and helping people register, do you think that's really, that's filling a need in the community that was lacking before? One of the really exciting parts of Deeks Decide is that we've been able to partner with nonprofit organizations and civic organizations in the city and across the state and honestly around the country, as Deb just outlined in terms of some of our partners from the summer. So the voter guides, um, I know that our students were able to reach out to different campaigns and they've been putting a spotlight on different issues that are important to college students. So for example, students partner to work with the Piedmont Environmental Alliance um, and also work with our Office of Sustainability on campus to think about, in particular, where do candidates stand on environmental issues, on climate change, on um, questions about the environment and about policy. And so I think one of the gaps sometimes is just finding all of the information that you might be seeking online and in different pockets and bringing it together in one place. And so um, it was really, really wonderful to see the fellows from the summer that put together a voter guide that really pulls together all of this information for students. Right, absolutely. We are in North Carolina, obviously. As students at a university, 
this is a very consequential election. How important is it that we be engaged? So important. I agree. I think that there are a lot of opportunities um, for folks to get involved, whether that is just learning more about um, some of the state elections. Um, we have a really important governor race happening right now um, with Roy Cooper and Dan Forrest. Like, it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. Um, we also have a really important Senate um, race happening um, with Tom Tillis and Cal Cunningham, which will determine the ways in which the Senate swings. Um, which is huge um, for thinking about how policies are going to be impacted. And then also thinking about um, because of COVID, there's a shortage of poll workers. Um, typically people who are poll workers are older, they're retired, um, but because they're a high risk category, not as many are able or feel comfortable to turn out. Um, so there's ways for folks to get involved there. Um, I would just say that particularly for our first year students and some of our second year students, this is probably going to be the first election that they've been able to vote in, which I think is super exciting. And regardless of the outcome, it's going to be historic. One, like an election in the middle of a pandemic, <laughs> but also just like all of the things that are at stake and a lot of the national conversations that were happening or that are happening are kind of coming to head in this moment. So there is a lot of ways for folks to get involved and it is important, I would say now, more important now than ever to find some ways that you can get engaged um, and especially in ways that make you feel excited. Um, actually, my last guest on the podcast was a girl named Mackenzie Bunner, who is a campaign fellow for Cal Cunningham's campaign. And I asked her this question also, which this is a point of curiosity for me, I'm actually a senior, but this is going to be my first election too, because I just um, missed the last cutoff. But I'm from New Jersey and I'm registered to vote in New Jersey, but I'm living in North Carolina now, as are all week students for the most part. What are your, what are both of your views on Wake students registering to vote in North Carolina as students who don't necessarily live here for the entire duration of the year? And also as people in my class as seniors who likely won't experience or reap the benefits of the new elected officials after the 2020 election? I think that it is a personal choice. I think that for some folks, um, they have a lot of ties to their hometown. They feel really passionately about some local elections, their state elections. I think that as you think about North Carolina, North Carolina is a swing state. Um, so I think that that is pretty exciting. Um, so if you're from a place where maybe your vote doesn't count as much, North Carolina, your vote would matter a lot. I would just say that I really hope that students will turn out to vote. Um, we know that on our campus, about 73% of our students register to vote, but only 41% voted in the last presidential election. And so regardless of where you choose to vote, I hope that students actually vote um, and make sure that their vo voice is heard. I would also say that even if you are voting absentee in a different state, um, you absolutely can influence your peers to turn out to vote and make a plan to vote. Um, and so having that conversation about, you know, where are you voting? Have you requested an absentee ballot if that's what you're going to do? 
Um, are you going to mail it back in early? Um, are you voting in North Carolina? Why did you make that decision? Are you going early um, to vote? All of that is so important. And if you do choose to vote in North Carolina, as someone who lives here, like Deb, I would please ask you to do some research on the down ballot races um, and be informed when you vote so that it is not just a voting for who you want to be president, but actually paying attention to the local elections as well. Yeah, that's a really good point because I definitely feel like there might be some Wake students or other college students who vote in North Carolina for purposes of that it's a swing state and to influence the presidential election. But if you either don't vote for those down ballot races or if you just tick someone's name for fun, those can have real implications. So it's so important to do your research. And I also love the point about talking to your friends about this because there are a ton of people who are uninformed who don't know the processes of getting their ballot or registering to vote. And just a simple nudge from a friend can really um, make a difference. Historically, the young vote or the youth vote has been a problem in elections because people do not turn out in the numbers that you would expect. And it's been a struggle to get the young people motivated to participate. How important do you think it is in this election for the youth to really step up and showcase their voice because we are such a large part of the electorate? I think it's super important. I think that it is really crucial to think about the ways in which um, processes go. Um, I think that there are times to be super engaged and it's not only during election season. Sometimes it can feel really, it can be really easy to feel like your vote doesn't matter, that your voice doesn't matter, but also remembering that particularly in North Carolina, when we look at our current governor, he barely won. Like it was a, such a small margin by what he um, won that election by. Um, so really just taking the time to think about what are the areas that you're passionate about and combining um, maybe the things that you are passionate about, thinking about like community organizing or community activism, but also looking towards our elected officials because they're voted in by us and they owe it to us to listen to what the people want. Um, and at the same time, it makes your argument so much stronger when you know confidently um, who you're putting in office and that to some degree they align, or you can also hold them accountable to things that they put in their platform and say like, I wanna see this happen. Like, what is your plan? So really thinking about how young people can and are shaping the country and the decisions that are made today are going to impact for us for the next 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years, and will also impact the generations behind us. That's absolutely true. And I think that what people maybe don't focus on enough is everyone cares about something. Everyone has an issue that they're passionate about. And oftentimes those issues are represented or not represented in the various platforms of candidates who are running. So as long as everyone can identify with one issue, at least that they're passionate about, that should hopefully motivate people to act in the form of voting and create an opportunity for that issue to gain attention, um, whether on the local or national level.
that you touched on earlier was the efforts of the Deeks Decide Fellows to establish a new polling place near campus, which is fabulous. This is so, so important. What is the next step in marketing that to students? Obviously, hopefully raising it on this podcast will will help some more people learn about it. But are there any strategies that the fellows have to make this information very public to students and the university community? One is social media, trying to spread the word about um, the polling location. And so certainly thank you for having us on this podcast. Hopefully this will help as well. Um, I think also we have a plan right now um, to do a raffle for different prizes to see if students um, take a pledge and make a plan to vote and then post on their social media that they are doing that. They can tag us on Instagram. We're at Community WFU and they can tag three friends and then they'll be entered to win prizes. And so hopefully that will also spread um, just awareness and the message that they should vote and make a plan to vote. Um, The other thing that we're working on, one of the fellows um, had the idea that we could potentially ask different campus leaders to make a commitment to walk because it truly is within walking distance um, from our campus to the Winston-Salem First um, Church, which is just across from the Polo entrance to campus. Is it required that the location be reestablished each election cycle or now that it's established in this cycle, it remains a certified location for the rest of time. So the way that this process works is that when um, a new location is established, they look at the data, see if it's working, um, who's going, who is showing up, how many folks are utilizing it. So the more students that we get um, turning out and actually going to the location, um, the better chance that we stand of having um, that location stay. And it's not just students either. Um, If there are faculty and staff who also want to vote at that location during early voting, you can vote at any polling location that you want to. So if we have folks going there um, and keeping it active, then um, we will be able to make the case to keep it. That's awesome. Do you guys know on the top of your head what the dates are for early voting? Yes, it is October 15th through the 31st. Pretty much all day, um, early voting starts in the morning at 8 o'clock during the week and goes until about 7.30 p.m. Um, It's different on the weekends, but um, during the the work week or the academic week, it's about 8 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. That's great because clearly everyone is going to have multiple opportunities and many hours throughout the day to head over there and cast their vote, which is awesome. The best part about early voting in North Carolina is that it is a one-stop shop. So if you have not registered to vote by, I think it is October 9th, you don't have to worry about it in North Carolina because during early voting, you can go and get registered and vote on the spot. So that's also a really great opportunity. So if you are still kind of thinking about it, or maybe you forgot to turn your form into the Board of Elections, you can still go, you can still vote and get everything done. Um, but you just have to be registered. Um, if you're not registered um, by the 9th and you don't do early voting, you will not be able to vote in the election. Um, so just keeping those um, things in mind. So like voter registration deadline for the 3rd, is the October 9th, but early voting, go and get registered and vote on the same day. 
I'm so glad that you brought that up because this is actually something that kind of gets my blood boiling that there are so many barriers for people to vote. If you don't register by a certain date, if you want to go in and register and vote at the same time, there are so many states where that's not allowed. How important is it? I mean, obviously a huge initiative of the Deep Society program is to make voting as early as, as easy as possible and to inform everyone about how important it is. But assuming that people aren't necessarily paying close attention to these deadlines, like politically engaged people are, how important is it to limit restrictions on having people vote? Everyone who's eligible should be kind of automatically enrolled to vote and have to opt out. That's what I would say um, personally. So I think that we should remove as many barriers as possible um, so that people can voice their opinion and participate in our democracy. Um, I think it's just so important. I know with the pandemic, there are a lot of concerns. I've heard from students um, questions about, you know, voting and what that will look like in person, what kinds of uh, safety measures and um, different precautions they should take. There are questions about the postal system um, taking longer for mail-in ballots to be received. Um, you know, it's just so important to have a plan to decide when and where you're going to vote, um, to pay attention to those deadlines. But like Deb said, one-stop early voting um, is a really good option to register and vote all at the same time. I agree. I think that um, when it comes to voting, there are a lot of barriers historically for a lot of marginalized folks. Um, and I think that um, even when we look at Winston-Salem, we are um, really great. I'm really grateful for a lot of folks, um, including the Minister's Conference and Dr. Boyd from the Religion Department, who's been doing a lot of work around making um, voting accessible in historically Black and um, Latinx communities. Um, and as you look at the early voting um, time slots um, and availability, some of the weekend dates really came out of organizing and advocacy um, from those groups that were saying like, hey, it's actually really impossible for people who work throughout the week um, and maybe work third, second shift um, to be able to participate in um, voting, particularly because in the U.S. we don't have like a national holiday for voting where people can just kind of have off to be able to go and participate in that. So I think that there are a lot of ways for folks to kind of get involved and think about um, for themselves, what does it mean for access? Um, there's a lot of research, particularly in this moment, as we think about the celebration around the um, 19th Amendment, um, 100 years of suffrage, when we think about the Voting Rights Act, when we think about the Civil Rights Movement, um, a lot of folks have worked really, really hard to remove barriers for um, voting, and there are still a lot of barriers in place today. For all the reasons that you mentioned, it's still crazy to me that we have as many restrictions and barriers as we do in voting. I think we're one of the only countries that votes on a weekday and that is not a national holiday. This is crazy to me. People are working and maybe it's not the priority that day, which is that early voting is a great tool, but people are not thinking about this the way that they should be because this is just the way we've always done it. And especially with, like you mentioned, recent problems with the postal service in the pandemic, absentee voting is going to be key. 
So the Postal Service needs to be ready. What are both of your views on that recent scandal almost that the Postal Service was being defunded in various ways and it was being argued that they weren't going to be able to process these ballots in time? How detrimental is that to our our process of voting and the integrity of our elections? I think that... Um, with all of this, it's really crucial to kind of keep in mind for students, like, because there's a lot of uncertainty with the postal system, if you are going to request an absentee ballot, um, you need to do it as soon as possible. And as soon as you get it, fill it out and send it back as early as you can. Um, if anybody has questions, particularly thinking around, like, um, how do I go through that process? Reach out to your local board of elections. Um, right now, because of the pandemic, unfortunately, everything is very decentralized in the U.S. So some states, you do have to give um, a reason for requesting an absentee ballot. Some you don't, and some have made special provisions because of the pandemic. Um, but just being aware and also taking the time to just check in with the process of what's happening with the postal system. I know that sometimes um, as the semester goes on, we get really wrapped up in classes and clubs and meetings and organizations, and it can be easy to kind of fall back into that wake bubble, but just taking some time to sort of stay um, on top of what's happening and with the news, um, just so you're aware, because it would be really terrible to um, have your ballot be sent late and not count. So just making sure that you are staying on top of it. Um, and I know it just becomes one more thing. And that's kind of the thing that we were talking about. Like there are already so many barriers and we don't want this to be a barrier. So if there's anything that we can do to help support you through this process, um, Marianne and I are here to try to make this as stress less, <laughs> less stress as possible. Um, so if there's any questions or any ways that we can support or provide information, um, we are here to get you through this. Yeah, so you definitely cannot procrastinate, that is for sure. Are there any ways for students to check in on their ballot once it's been sent so that they know the status of it? Check the status of your registration right now. So if you have any questions, if you're confused about, you know, I think I registered at some point in the past and am I still registered um, in North Carolina or in a different state, you can go and actually there's a database. You can search um, your name and see the, the registration status that you have. Um, and then yes, when you, um, if you decide to vote by mail and you fill out a ballot and, and mail it back or drop it, at um, a polling location or at the Board of Elections here in Forsyth County, um, there's a barcode that is scanned once that ballot is accepted. It is important to know that in North Carolina, you need a witness and a witness signature um, to vote absentee and mail your ballot back in. Um, but once it's accepted, if, if it meets all of those criteria, then it's scanned. And so you are able to check the status of your ballot. I'm glad that you mentioned that because there's a lot of confusion, I think, surrounding when it's going to be sent, when it's going to be received. It's kind of this document that's floating around. People don't really know where it goes and when it gets there. And I think especially this election, I feel like it's really important 
that people know where it, where their ballot is and when it's being counted. If you were to tell students one thing that they should know about the program and also ways they want to get involved if they do, what would those be? Um, Vig Society is here to help you. Um, we have a list of the top 12 states from where we, where students come from, and we have created a list of all the important dates um, that they need to know so we can field those questions. Um, and then two, if you're looking to get involved, sometimes it can be really scary getting involved in politics, right? Like for someone who had maybe like didn't grow up in a space where voting or politics were talked about, or it was sort of frowned down upon, um, this is a place for you to ask questions, to learn, to grow, um, and also be in a space with people who are really excited about the electoral process. Our fellows are phenomenal. They come from all parts of campus and they can get you involved. They can get you engaged. They can field questions. And it's also a great space to build community. And then if you're looking to just sort of be like, hey, right now I don't have the time to devote to being a fellow, but I do want to be engaged in some way. We have programming, so feel free to come to those, um, get engaged. You can always find those um, pieces on our Instagram or sign up for our newsletter. Um, so those are kind of some quick ways that folks can get engaged. But overall, I would just say that this election is super crucial and turnout is going to be important. Don't just register and then not show up. It's so important for us to make sure that we follow through. So make a plan with your friends, figure out how you can hold each other accountable. If the process seems a little bit overwhelming or nerve wracking, or you don't know where to go, um, reach out to Deeks Aside. We're here to support you through that. Um, we wanna make sure that you have the skills and the tools to be able to go into the box and make the most informed decision for you. And also know that like this is going to be a lifelong process for you so that when elections come up, you know exactly the process to go through and you're going to do it and get it done. Deeks Decide is here to stay. We um, have a series of programs. We worked, like I mentioned, in the 2018 midterm. So we do, we operate during um, elections, but we also raise awareness about different issues that are at stake in elections. And um, we have a deliberative dialogue coming up soon about our political system and about what we think is working and maybe not working in the system. Um, as one example, we have several you know, panel discussions, documentaries that can be streamed. We're going to do a debate watch um, coming up for the presidential debates and the vice presidential debate. So we do a lot of educational kind of programming as well. Um, and this continues even after the election. In fact, after the election, we will have a conversation about what just happened, um, debriefing kind of everyone's thoughts and feelings after the election on November 3rd. It is definitely intimidating sometimes to join a group of politically engaged people. Like as a political nerd myself, I know it could be a lot sometimes, but it's so important. Thank you to both of you for joining me today. This was a really great conversation. Thank you. Deeks and Democracy is produced and edited by Elizabeth Moline and is made in collaboration with Wake Forest student newspaper, The Old Golden Black. Special thanks to Deb Mark and Marianne Majuka. Stay tuned for our next episode, where I'll be sitting down with Jake Geller Goad, a campus organizing director for the nonpartisan organization You Can Vote. <laughs>